We should just cue the music. Hello there. I am Iron Man. I am your father. I'm Batman. Why so serious? I know, right? If you think it's nerdy, we got you covered. Tell me, do you play it? Oh, no, no, that's not a question I need answer. Just take my money already! Just do it! I know what I have to do, but I don't know if I have the strength to do it. It's so dark! Do you see that from the DC Universe? We know each other! She's a friend from work! We were doing it everywhere. And I mean everywhere. At the office. After hours. Over the phone. On the weekend. Get your head out of the gutter. We were talking about comic books, shows, and movies. I can do this all day. Yeah, I know. So now we bring you Just Another Nerd Show with Jason Whistle and Kevin Hilston. What is up, Nerd Nation? Welcome to this edition of Just Another Nerd Show, episode number 16, where we actually get to tackle an episode 6 and in episode three, combined, they do not make 16. But combined, we are Jay and Kev, and we got a whole lot of geek to speak. Uh, let's start off at the end of Obi-Wan the series. <laughs> and I, I have I to really say. I really thought you were going to say hello there. Hello there. <laughs> I thought you were going to say it. Yeah, but it's in the intro. So, it, you know, that'd be kind of redundant. But we That's did fair. get to say hello there to the last episode. Uh, you know what's funny? Uh, first things first, uh, apologies here. We were under the impression that the the last episode of Obi-Wan was going to be an hour and a half. It ended up being only 51 minutes, but they packed a ton into 51 minutes. Uh, arguably, I think this is the best episode of the series so far. If I can just clarify, I think the report that we read last week saying that the finale was an hour 33, that was based on the runtime that Cineplex listed for these select theaters, I believe they were showing episode five and six. Oh, so it's Cineplex's fault. It might have been. Well, but it was also their fault for leaking Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire and all that for Spider-Man No Way Home. So Okay, so so <laughs> combined with the, the messing up of the Spider-Man and the messing up of the runtime, uh, I think we can officially say, fuck you, Cineplex. But anyways, let's get back well, to Obi-Wan. <laughs> well, no, no, no. Before we get to Obi-Wan, there's another thing as well, because they added, what is, what's the thing that people in Ontario are really mad about? Is they added a $1.50 fee if oh, you yeah. order your tickets online. So they're really not making any friends lately, especially on this show. But like, you know what? We like watching movies. So you, I guess we're let me guess. On. They're going to call it a convenience fee, which is highly inconvenient. Like I, I, I I'm glad you kind of brought this up. I'm re- I understand that movie theaters over the last two years have gone through quite a bit. But with the cost of everything going up, for Cineplex to come in and say, yeah, and we're going to dig you for another buck fifty. Like, yeah, charge enough for the popcorn. It, you, you know what? The, here's a thought. If you want to charge $1.50 extra, fine. Don't kick up a fuss then when people bring in their own snacks. That's all I feel I'm like say. they could have gone about this. They could have gone about this so much smarter. Just up your food and drink prices by ten cents. Nobody would have noticed. It's already twenty five bucks for popcorn. <laughs> like I feel like nobody would have noticed if you just upped your food and drink prices by a little bit. I, I don't know. That's just me. Like I'm, I'm curious though. Like, like for the for the average moviegoer, like is that dollar fifty enough to make people just sit there and go, yeah, no, I'm out. No, not at all. And you think as well, that's 100% targeting because the news comes out, what, a couple days after Thor Love and Thunder tickets go on sale? Mm -hmm. So there's a correlation there. They're figuring out that the site needs maybe some more money to put into it because it keeps crashing the day of these Marvel movies uh, tickets going on sale. 
So, I mean, that's probably what the dollar fifty is going towards. But yeah, the the opening weekends usually the first two for Marvel movies are uh, sold out. Well, part of the um, problem the part of the problem here in Canada is that you don't have much in the way of options outside of Cineplex. Yes, there's Rainbow Cinemas. Uh, I don't know if there's actually still a couple of those around. And yes, there are some landmark cinemas. But Cineplex pretty much has a monopoly on everything. That's that's just not yeah. cool. That's well, just because they have, and now they've branched out too. They got the 3D, they got the VIP, they got the IMAX. Like it, it's yeah, they're they're definitely uh, number one. But uh, it was it was an option for viewers to watch the finale of Obi Wan Kenobi in IMAX if they wanted to. It wasn't available anywhere near J or I. Um, Nonetheless, though, in the comfort of your living room, Jay, initial thoughts on this finale? Okay, there, there's a lot to unpack out of this episode. But I, 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 I first things first, I do feel bad for Miss Marvel. I know there was a report that came out that that Miss Marvel streaming numbers are down a bit, and a lot of people are pointing to the fact that you know episodes are releasing the same day as Obi Wan episodes, and you know I'm I'm actually going to go out there and say it, like of all combined Marvel and Star Wars series I think Obi-Wan is the first one to go first to last constant all the way through this is in my opinion the best original Disney Plus series since the launch of the service and they stuck the landing that's interesting. Kind of, that's kind of been the complaint on a lot of the shows, right? Is their inability to stick the landing. Holy crap. They stuck the landing. Like Yeah, this was an incredible finale. Yeah, like based on based on last episodes alone, yes, Obi-Wan is definitely the best Disney Plus series to date. Um and I think this is, you know, we talked about this last week too, how they were going to, you know, spend five hours and play all of them back to back to back to back to back with everyone kind of experiencing that last episode on the day of. I think this is the episode that definitely would have actually justified that. Um, even though it was only 51 minutes, it, it there was a lot in that episode. Like you had maybe the best live action Jedi fight, period. Like yeah. very reminiscent of video games. You had parallels to the Clone Wars. You had parallels to Return of the Jedi. You had parallels to Star Wars A New Hope. You had fan service, action, parallel storyline uh, storyline plots going between Tatooine and uh, the fight on, you know, nameless planet with lots of rocks. Like so much went on in this and it was just, and you get to the end. And I don't know about you, but there were times when you sit there and go, this is this this is almost choke worthy. It's so good. It it was um there there were just so many moments. I wrote down all of them. I was like, oh, it's just like there was the hello there line, which I think fans for the most part are happy about it. There were a few that were a little confused. They're like, wasn't he not supposed to meet Luke? And like, isn't this kind of breaking canon? No, like Luke knew about the old hermit, but also I'm gonna say this. Do you remember everyone you met when you were 10 years old? No? Great. Shut up. Um, <laughs> yes. Like, I'm just saying, even if it does break canon, I don't I don't think it did, though. I think he knew about old Ben and the hermit and whatever. And like he kind of knew of him. And, and the way that they make it sound in A New Hope, 
makes it seem like actually this might be the last time that Ben and Luke see each other until a new hope. Mm-hmm. So it might be another 10 years or so. I'm, I'm wondering though. So, okay, wait, before I go into where they go from here, cause that's all at the ending, by the way, great fan service episode. First off. Oh, yeah. Um, Hells yeah. Yeah. There was some incredible, like in the comics, Vader's mask breaks a lot. <laughs> a lot. And it's always to show a bit more of the emotion side of it, um, to show some Anakin as well, um, and, and to show a bit more humanity, too, because Darth Vader was always this big, menacing, overarching villain, um, which he still is. But when you show the more humanity to, or more human layers to a character... It just grows in richness, and it's it was really well done in this episode. I was really looking forward to um, the James Earl Jones-Hayden Christensen mashup when his voice box kind of breaks, mm-hmm. and I think they way more than stuck the landing. They exceeded my expectations with that entire fight. Um, Obi-Wan reconnecting to the Force... Like, like the fact that he's calling out to Qui-Gon throughout the entire series, and then this fight with Vader forced Obi-Wan to really reconnect to his old roots and really uh, reestablish his strong connection to the Force. And then at the end, you could almost kind of connect the dots yourself. You didn't need it to be said. Where Qui-Gon goes, you know, I was there all along. You just, like, you just needed to, to connect better with, with the Force. And I was like, oh, my God, yeah, that makes perfect sense because Obi-Wan's been struggling with his relationship with the Force basically this whole show. So I I think he's at a point now at the end where he's in a position to help people again. I just don't know if he's going to want to come out of hiding because he's like he's like um, I, I don't know why. My first thought at the end of the episode was he's like the Incredibles. Every time they go and save the day and something bad happens, that guy comes in with the fedora and he, he relocates them. So every time Obi-Wan helps someone, he's got to move out of his little hut or out of his thing or <laughs> whatever it is. Because we saw him packing up at the end. Um, I didn't really need to. I didn't need to know, like, how he was living or where he was living. I could have. I could have. um I could have uh, probably used my imagination a bit more with that, but there were so many great parallels. There was, yeah, the Hayden Christensen, James Earl Jones voice mashup, Vader's mask breaking, Qui-Gon at the end, hello there, uh, to Luke, which I thought was kind of cute. If you're going to do it, I like that they teased us at the beginning with just the hello, which obviously I think Star Wars knew what they were doing. They were Mm -hmm. generating a conversation in episode three, was it? Three or four? I I think it was three, yeah. I think it was three. Um, and then at the beginning of his fight with Vader here, I will do as I must, which is a direct rip from Revenge of the Sith. Then he does that little pose from his battle against General Grievous on Utapau, which is also just Obi-Wan's attack pose, um, which uh, ages later on because he doesn't use that, I think, past this uh, show because Alec Guinness has a very different pose, which they use in Star Wars Rebels as well. Um Overall, though, Wiss, and I, I've been talking a lot. <laughs> overall, though, I thought the show started a little slow. Very strong finish. And w- probably the best finale since 
Mandalorian season two. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I think they needed to start slow. And, you know, for anyone who is having major concerns about when the, uh, you know, when the ship was trying to outrun the Star Destroyer, which in and of itself is a really nice uh, tip of the hat to the beginning of Star Wars A New Hope. But I could just see people seeing that kind of, you know, the, the, the ship is trying to run away from the Star Destroyer and they're getting that, oh, crap, it's the last Jedi again. And they're just going to go really, really slow. No, no, it made sense. Um there was such a parallel, though, and and we were talking about this, and of course they talked about it as well, how um, Hayden Christensen had to go back and watch uh, the Clone Wars again, uh, like the, the the animated series, just to kind of get in the head of, what, of where Filoni was kind of taking this. Um, the fact that you had, you know, when Obi-Wan slashed open or slashed half of Vader's, you know, the, the front of his mask off, that, I mean, that's a direct parallel to uh, Ahsoka's fight with Darth Vader and where she cut off like the other half of Darth Vader's mask and you know you got the same red eye kind of thing so it's it there are there are people already doing videos that are like side by side comparisons to that scene in the Clone Wars and this scene No, it was the, Rebels. Oh, oh, sorry, Rebels. Yeah, my bad. It was Ahsoka and Vader in Rebels, but in Rebels they're able to do something. I mean, they were able to do it in this show. But I like the way they did it in Rebels where they had a hint of Anakin and his eye was blue. And then the more that he spoke and he started to get a little darker in tone and his eye went Sith yellow. And I'm like, oh, wow, that is beautifully done, Dave Filoni. That is, and that's mm-hmm. a nice little touch that only Filoni would know. Um, but this one, I, I love how creepy it was. And, and this, this gave Obi-Wan some closure as well. Did you, did you feel that? Uh, completely. And the nice thing too, as well is, uh, and there were people mentioning this online, uh, after the last episode, how, you know, Vader grabbing the ship and whatnot, that, that kind of feels like almost straight out of the four, um, the force unleashed video game. Um, mm-hmm. We had some very video game like uh, Jedi fight scene in this, you know, mm-hmm. and that's the thing force unleashed um, uh, fallen order. Like, like you're, you're getting so much, you know, almost like video game style grandioseness that you just couldn't get in the original star Wars movies because the CGI wasn't there. It wasn't at the time, not not the not in the the Alec Guinness era of of Star Wars for sure. But there was there was one miss though. There was one miss, and I'm and I'm almost happy that they missed it because it didn't need to be. It, it kind of would have been a "don't choke on your aspirations" kind of thing. But the fact that when you know Darth Vader uh, crumbles the ground and Obi Wan falls into the hole just before Vader starts to bury him. You know, they they had that moment where Vader had the high ground, and I want and I wonder if that line was originally in there. I'm very glad they didn't though. Yeah, I was thinking it the whole time, and I was I was sitting beside my dad. God love him. Uh, he watches this stuff with me, and I'm talking through it. I try not to, but I like I get so excited as a fan. I do need to watch these like two and three times. But first viewing, I'm like, oh my god, he's gonna have the high ground. And my dad said it before me. He goes. It's over. He has the high ground. I'm like, Dad, you fucking loser. <laughs> you know, it, it's it's funny you say that you talk a lot through the shows. Uh, a, I'm glad I don't watch them with you. But B, um, you know, it, it's, I do it as, the same as well. Like, I'll have these comments every now and then. I was silent for this entire episode. 
because you had the, these tense parallel storylines uh, with Riva on Tatooine trying to get at Luke, and then you got the the fight between Obi Wan and Vader. Uh, this is something that Star Wars has always done very well. You, you know, you think back to Return of the Jedi. Uh, you had uh, the fight on the Forest Moon of Endor. You had Luke versus Vader versus Emperor in the Death Star, and then of course you had the uh, uh, the star fight outside of the Death Star and the fact their ability to kind of jump back and forth uh, between scenes and almost parallel what's going on that's something that was that was always almost like a, a, a Star Wars signature in storytelling and they did that beautifully here as well you had almost like the parallel momentum swings in the two different scenes um, and it's funny too because there's going to be a lot of talk about you know, a lightsaber nights, lightsaber fights at night. Hell's yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's going to be a lot of talk about like just the, the the badassness of that lightsaber fight that I think a lot. Of, there's going to be some overlooking of Riva's story arc and how she finally came full circle, um, which is interesting because for a moment for a moment there after after she returned Luke back to Owen and Beru. And, you know, still had her lightsaber. I had that moment where I thought, like, Riva's story is going to continue. But she's going to be like this Ronin. Like this Ronin-style Jedi. And that would kind of parallel what, you know, one of the... I think it was like the first episode of Star Wars Visions. And I know you're not the biggest fan of Visions. (laughs) I know this. And I fully admit that there's a lot of... (sighs) There's a lot of filler in Visions, I'm not going to lie. But the first episode of Visions, I actually highly recommend because it's it's a it, they're not long. They're like 12 to 15 minutes. And it's a very Ronin style like, you know, here's a Sith who's actually who's just seemingly turned his back away from from everything. But yeah, still, they, they were but going still for. Um, yeah, they were going for like a Batman ninja meets Star Wars mm-hmm. I think kind of vibe. For sure. I, I had two thoughts with the Reva storyline. I was convinced because um, my dad was like, oh, there's no way that, you know, Obi-Wan's going to get back in time to save Luke. And I said, well, sometimes what they do with editing and with, with the story um, from a narrative standpoint is they'll try and give it to you like it's real time, but they can always show it later. Uh, first off, space travel. You can make it as fictional as you want because it's not real. Um like not to that degree. I mean, with the hyperdrive and whatnot. Like, obviously, yeah, we have we've put a man on the moon, um, right? So that yeah, so that's a dumb thing to deny flat earthers. Um, and <laughs> anyways, anyways, I'm just not making friends today. It, uh, it, it, it's the flat Earth theory that was heard around the world. Yes, yes. Think about yeah, it for a second. No, <laughs> but but I was convinced. I was like, I think Reva and Luke stuff is happening earlier than Darth Vader and Obi-Wan's fight, but they're playing off of them for a pacing. And I'm like, I, I, I don't mind that on a narrative standpoint, but I think Obi-Wan will still get there in time. But then I had a change of heart where Reva has a real great character moment. It was really well done, and I didn't see it coming because I think I've said for the last two episodes, I don't know how this ends without her dying. Because she, she was just so vengeful, so hatred, like so much hatred built up into her. And I was like, man, she's going to do something really stupid. Obviously, like Baru, Owen, Luke, 
they're all safe, right? Like, I mean, for now, <laughs> we know what happens in A New Hope. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh about Char, that. Char, baby. Uh, yeah, yeah. But but we, we know what happens to them. We know their fate. So Reva was the only expendable one. And then I read a report today saying that they're thinking of doing uh, a Cal Kestis Disney Plus show. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, that's interesting because that would likely be set in between the events of Obi-Wan and Andor. And then I read the report further, and they're saying it's heavily rumored that Moses Ingram reprises her role. And I'm like, interesting that they had her come to some reconciliation. She has a strong connection to the Force, dumped off her lightsaber. I'm wondering if her and Cal cross paths. And in what, like, in what world would that, like, I guess Moses, or not Moses, but uh, the third sister. Well, I guess she's not third sister anymore. Reva would exile herself or maybe still be on, on Tatooine and Mos Eisley. Uh, I, I'm not sure, but I don't know how her and Cal would meet and if that would be a good meeting or if Reva's on a redemption arc, like even further than than her feeling guilty for almost killing a 10-year-old. Uh, like, yeah, I, I, I thought her character was actually really well written. Um, the acting was a little spotty at times early in the show, in the episode, or in the in the show. I, I'll give it that. Um, but overall, I thought the character was pretty well written. I, I do think, of course, we are going to get a bit more of O'Shea Jackson Jr. in this as well. Yeah, it, it really felt like the you know that that whole uh, you know the you know this was a setup for his character to to return and the role that he's playing. It would make sense that you know if you put O'Shea Jackson Jr. Roken. Uh, in with Cal Kestis and with Reva, you've got a very, very good group that's almost going to feel a little Rebels-esque. I was I'm, just going to say, yeah. And, and, and I'm kind of okay with that. Like, that those three, like, those three together would be phenomenal. Do we know the Rebels' backstory? Like, is there a couple members on that team that were a part of a previous team? Like, like um, what was the, the, the thing I can relate to is in DC Comics... Beast Boy was on the Doom Patrol before he was on the Teen Titans. And he's always kind of back and forth with his old team and his new team and all that stuff. Um, but I feel like this could be something like that where you grab a character or two and then we just cast them as a younger actor. And then for the Ahsoka series, you have your older actor. I would not I be I would not be surprised if if Lucasfilm and Disney kind of basically create a series just called Rebellion. And the whole thing is, you know, almost like a like a Space Above Beyond slash Battlestar Galactica type feel where, you know, the main story is not necessarily like, you know, these short little arcs, but it's little, you know, it, it's smaller pockets of, of combat within the rebellion that's that's trying to the the beginnings of the rebellion and how they start to push back against the empire because you know when we leave this series the empire is growing bigger of course um you know you you can see the the rebellion at least the thoughts of rebellion have started so if you have a star a star wars rebellion series this is something that can go on forever and the nice thing is you can move people in and out of the series as need be. Yeah, that's, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. By the way, <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy, if you want to, you know, take that idea, you go ahead and send your checks over to just another nerd show. <laughs> You're such an idiot. <laughs> uh, try, trying to get paid. 
Try and get paid. <laughs> you know what I will say, though? You made a comment before about how Obi-Wan and Miss Marvel were both releasing on... I mean, we're East Coast, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm not going to go off on a tangent here about how pissed I am that that uh, people on the West Coast of uh, the Western Hemisphere here, they get to watch it on Tuesday night because it's easier to stay up till midnight than it is to stay up till 3 a.m. Uh, lucky bastards. Anyways... We got two episodes to watch on Wednesdays, and we got a movie that dropped today, too. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness dropped on Disney+. Plus, um, Which we got we, a whole we, last two hours to you know talk on that that you, that you can go back and listen to. Yes, absolutely. That is done on a previous episode. If you have not seen our review yet, uh, you could find us at Just Another Nerd Show. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, having said that, though... With the Miss Marvel Obi-Wan play, there's a reason why we talked about Obi-Wan before Miss Marvel these last three episodes is because I was always taught that it's better to finish something than it is to start something else. So, of course, we're a little more invested in the back half of the show. So I think that played a bit of a role in the viewership numbers. Having Mm -hmm. said that, I got to be blunt where I can be blunt. I don't find Miss Marvel that strong of a show so far. Um, and I, I'm not a huge fan of some of the concepts that they're bringing in. I don't find it overly relatable right now. Um, I think Iman Vellani was perfectly cast as Miss Marvel. The show is not gripping me. The The interesting thing is that I think you can kind of take a look up and down that cast and say it is cast perfectly. I, I think... Across the board, the show is definitely cast perfectly. I, I think the connection with that community is definitely is is spot on. Uh, mm-hmm. You're seeing that with a lot of the positive conversations about some of the the topics and discussions that are going on in the series. But this is uh, this week was where we actually start to get a little bit of you know that Marvel esque action because it was revealed, of course, that. Uh, you know, Cameron is part of clandestine. Uh, of course, that's being, you know, that that's coming straight from the comic books as well, and that they are uh, gin, if you will. Um, <laughs> and tonic? I love Bruno's line. And tonic? <laughs> that was all way, of us. Bruno's just freaking awesome in this. I just, I He's love great. Bruno in this. He's great. Um, Another great casting, well-written character. Love mm-hmm. it. Love it. Yeah. Now, now, of course, there was a there was a flashback. This one started in, you know, during the during the time of. Um, uh, of the World War Two, <laughs> pretty much, um, yeah. and of course you had them, you know, finding the bangle on the the blue arm. Um, it's funny because in the notes you wrote down means Cree, right? Not what's well, necess- a blue arm? Not yeah. necessarily though, because oh, I saw yeah. that. No- I saw you had put that in our notes, so I I did research. I done look stuff up. I go- I did the Google. Um, <laughs> You want so, a cookie? so yes, I do want a cookie. Yes, thank you. Um, so, yes, the Cree are blue skin, and we of course are familiar with the Cree. However, there's a few others that actually kind of fit the mold here. Okay, um, and I'm kind of going to go through them a little bit here. Uh, there is the possibility of the Atlanteans, and we know we're getting Namor mm, in Wakanda Forever. Okay. Uh, there are also the Eternals of Ron Shore, who were the result of celestial experiments. So the fact that we have had an Eternals reference in this series already, although that's probably a very, uh, very much a long shot. There's the Eridani, who, of course, in the comic books have a past with Captain Marvel. So 
There Did is you just a, look up Marvel's Blue Man Group or something? Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> but okay. here's the one that potentially makes sense. Walter Destin, of course, of Clan Destin. Walter, yes. is the, Walter is the child of Adam Destin and Jin, uh, Jin Alaith. Served in World War II, and the partition happened in 1947. Guess what? Walter what? Dunn turns blue. So oh. there's a possibility that it may have been the arm of Walter Destin. That looks like a female arm. Well, the thing is, you know, Walter, I guess, would, would change blue and get a lot bigger than he was. So there's a possibility that it was just, you know, skinny kind of thing. But also, yeah. you know, decayed a little bit. But yeah, that's the other thing as well that I may have just brushed over. It was covered in dust and rubble. Like it, it could have just been the filter that they put on it. It could have just been dust. It could have just been a human arm. So someone up the blue curve in Premiere. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's it. They put on that blue ice filter that we use uh, for for the old promos. <laughs> but so at, at the beginning, I was I was really hoping. By the way, when the Marvel Studios logo uh, picked up, the animation picked up, I'm like, okay. So they just gave us a recap. We ended off meeting Comron's mom, and I'm like, okay, that got me hooked. That actually got me really excited for this week's episode. Because now I'm like, okay, thank God. Now it's finally picking up. Something interesting's happening. We may have just met our big villain. Well, we do pick up right where that leaves off. They drive to Comron's house. And it's an interesting living situation that he's got. He is the son of a alien of sorts. Like just from another universe. They, they kind of brush over it a little bit. They, they explain it, but they don't um, where they're from. But they really start off incredibly friendly and very down to earth and very, we need your help to get home. And it's coming across as very men in black, actually, at this point, where they're like, (laughs) they're trying to come across as kind of the good guys. And they're like, hey, like, you know, we just want to go home. It's all innocent, right? It's great. And I thought the one part in the plot that I had a little issue with is that when Kamala, she didn't say she didn't want to help. She just said she needed more time and that she was going to a family's wedding that night. And my question is, to a alien race or whatever they're identifying the clandestine or jinn as in this, that have been around for like a hundred years, who cares if you wait another night? Like, why, why the eagerness? Why the... And I'm sure they'll explain it in the next episode. I'm sure they'll do it. Well, I mean... But the, that was my big... That was a plot hole to me, at least was that for a race that's been waiting this long, the moment that it happens, you act like you're very patient and warm with her. And as soon as she acts like a teenager and says, I got plans tonight, you go ape shit and you like are basically coming to kill everyone. Or Comron's totally playing her and is playing me too and I'm falling for it and now I'm just getting lost in my own thoughts. Wisp, please take over. Well, I mean, the, the, the fact that, you know, we, you have to assume the clandestine are the baddies in this series. Um, yes. Even though you said you'd be fine if there were no baddies. Nope, nope. We're, we got baddies and it's clandestine apparently. Um, so the fact that there's that, that you know, you know, when no one's looking, we're, we're, we're going to turn around and be really super impatient. Well, they're probably just being super impatient now. And they were probably just, you know, being nice so they could get Kamala Khan's, you know, it, you know, it's, it's easier to catch flies with honey than it is with vinegar. Right. So not surprising, especially because if Cameron is, is what he seems to be, then of course they're going to want him 
to be on their side because and, and use his you know apparent like of Kamala to in order to kind of get her to help them so the fact that you know when it's like you know nope no she needs a little bit more time well that's not acceptable you know they were probably already of that mindset anyways it's just a matter of they were trying to you know you know do this the easy way or the hard way right well now it's the hard way so the fact that um you know you had that kind of very quick turnaround not surprised here's the thing that i really found about this show is that i'm getting a lot of spider-man vibes yeah and that's a good thing because the the reason why Spider-Man is such a relatable hero is is not that they're, you know, you know, it's not the quips, it's not the it's not the website. It's the fact that Peter Parker can be pretty much any one of us. Parker's got problems. He's got he's trying to find work, he's trying to you know, he's trying to find that nice, you know, work-life balance kind of thing. Uh, you know, family issues. He's just a kid with problems just like any one of us here's kamala khan and she's struggling to find her place in the world struggling to find her path in the world all of a sudden realizing that she's you know got some jewelry that has unlocked some potential within her and now she's a superhero which is kind of funny because that's you know what she's always you know admired and aspired to be in a way and you get a lot of you know for lack of a better term, um, you know, Uncle Ben lines kind of thing. You know, you had that whole, uh, you know, good is not something that you are or something like that. Good is something that you do. Um, What's the line? You're talking about Uncle Ben lines. What was the line from the boys? What Butcher gives? He goes, with with great power comes the absolute certainty that you'll turn into a cunt. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what a line. <laughs> but this, but But this was definitely like a half and half episode. You know, the first half of the episode was very much uh, building up the character of Kamala Khan and and dealing with her um, internal struggle. There's that moment where she almost tells Nakia about uh, about her being, uh, you know, nightlight, right? Um, and nightlight. You know, <laughs> that doesn't it just doesn't have a good ring to it. That definitely does not have a good ring to it. But but even there, right? She's a kid who is all of a sudden. Uh, this this super secret superhero um, who's having problems with the fact that you know the media has called her this name or others have called her this name and it's like yeah no that name sucks I want to be a better I, superhero I love, name I love as well since we're talking about how Kamala is so relatable how she in the opening scene she's talking with these hundred year old beings. And she still is trying to gear the conversation towards Comron and still trying to fish out what his age is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, is that not the most genuine question? If you're actually interested in someone, you're like, oh, I guess you were all around in the 40s. And she looks at Comron and he goes, no, I'm 17. She's like, yes. <laughs> like, you know, like a little, yes. You know, it's, it's boy troubles, right? That's, that's a, you know what? It I is. appreciate that. But having said that, people, I would just like to point out that in most cases, in most cases, love is blind. Now, most writers use this as a bit of a tool to have a bigger reveal later. I would not be surprised if Comron is playing both sides, but he really answers to his mom um, because he knows that he's got Kamala wrapped around his finger. And then Bruno will be there in the end to say, I told you so. I thought something was off about that guy, yada, yada, the whole bit and all that. I think that's where it's gearing towards. I don't think Comron's as decent as he comes across as being. 
Um, prove me wrong. I don't know. That's just my theory. I, well, it's funny because we were, we were talking about, you know, the, you know, where the priorities are, right? And there's, there's that one scene where Kamala and Bruno are, are going on about all the problems and trying to get the djinn back to their, their, their world and interdimensional travel. And Bruno's like, yeah, okay, we have a bigger problem. You're trending. <laughs> like it, it does. It kind of brings it back to where they are in their life. You know, um, you know, what's going on in social media, what's public perception, all that kind of stuff. It, it, it really, cements where they are also also if brown jovi is ever playing a show in our area yes. i will I'm so glad you brought this up go watch that because yeah we oh. know the show is set in jersey and oh dear god i want a brown jovi cd released like here's the thing dear yeah, if you guys have ever wanted to watch live music and you can't go and watch jay's band brown <laughs> jovi is a close second okay close second Here's, and I here, love that he shamelessly plugs himself at the end. He's like, we also do bar mitzvahs. We do this, we do that. Like, That's <laughs> <laughs> great. Okay, I, I have a challenge for the internet, right? And I'm, I'm really hoping that people are listening to this show because I really want someone to, to create some kind of wave here. If you remember during Falcon and the Winter Soldier, right? There, were, there was the, the, the episode that came out that had uh, Zemo all of a sudden dancing you know, and then everyone's like, oh, hey, I'd watch Zemo dance for an hour. Like the next day, Marvel comes out with the Zemo cut and it's just an, an hour looped of Zemo dancing. I need. I need. You need an album from Brown Jovi? I need a, I need Brown, a Brown Jovi. Jovi. I, I will settle for just a single of okay. Brown Jovi. Marvel, please make this happen. They'll have to be living on a prayer because right after they announced their Brown Jovi, it was like a minute later that they started playing Living on a Prayer, right? Right? Yeah. I'd be, I'd be so fine to go see Brown Jovi. That'd be awesome. That'd be, that, that, would, that would be great. They'll um, open for uh, Harry Styles, Star Fox. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I can't hear Star Fox and not go, Star Fox, do a barrel roll. Starbucks. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, that's that one. Yeah. Too. yeah, yeah. I, uh, I think one of the crazy things from the opening scene, though, is that, and we kind of brushed over this, uh, uh, there's two bangles. There's yeah. two. And they kept referencing that and they kept saying it. There's going to be two at some point in the show. You have to know that. They don't, you do not write a line of dialogue as significant as that without paying it off later. So you have to think, I think. Again, maybe because Comron's a piece of shit, that all guys are pieces of shit. Um, I think he's too good to be true. And I, I, I think he has one, personally. See, I, I don't think he does. And here's okay. why. Because at the end of the episode, Kamala gets the phone call from her nanny, right? And, you know, she says, did you see the train? And Kamala's like, well, wait, how, how did you know about that? And she's like, because I saw it too. I think Nani's got the other bangle, which is why she's getting Kamala to to go over there. Keep in mind, too, I think we've got, like, what, three episodes left in the series? And we still have not seen the Red Dagger, who is listed on IMDb as being in the show. So there's there is still quite a bit to go. And I think, you know, things are about to pick up. Yeah. I don't know. I have no idea where this is going. I like seriously. I have no idea. It's I know that overseas. they're trying. Well, okay. So we 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 see a bit more. We see a bit more of Kamala's power set. Mm-hmm. We see um, 
we know that Kamala throughout the entire episode is trying to ditch the name Nightlight. Every time somebody calls her that, she's like, okay, can we not make this a thing, please? Um, and we know that Nakia, her BFF, finds out um, later on in the episode, but finds out about Kamala's powers, says she's going to explain herself. Bruno says, okay, I'll do that for you, whatever, because he is head over heels now for Kamala. I see it every episode. Oh. He gives her the googly eyes every time, and she clearly does not feel the same way. Um, million keys. I, I called it early on. Million. Oh, and keys. I, I feel so bad for him too. Like she asked him to dance, and he sat there for a second, or he just looked at her for a second. And I'm like, oh my god, kid, this is your moment. And then Comrade walks in. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> I'm like, and that was quick too. Comrade got in there to really separate them. Like, it felt like two seconds in. Straight, um, straight up super cock block right there. That was a super cock block. That was an ancient cock block. Although he's only 17, so I guess it's not ancient. Um, yeah, so Nakia finds out about that. We also find out that Nakia got the uh, got the spot on the board, mm-hmm. which is no insignificant feat. I'm sure there's a lot of people at home that were like, oh, okay, whatever, not a big deal. That's a big deal in their culture. Um, women do not often get uh, votes for religious things nonetheless. So this is a huge deal. Nakia is finally in a position to make real change. And I think that was very, very important. They're doing a lot of really important cultural things on this show. Um, And I love it. Disney, they keep doing it and they keep doing it right. Um, You are the, what's the line? It's, I know there was a line in, in one of my classrooms when I was a kid of be the change you want to see. And if you want to implement said change, you do have to start showing that and you have to start reflecting that in your own life. So with Disney telling these kinds of stories and leaving impressions on a much younger generation, it is time for change. It is time to be tolerant and it is time to love more than hate. So I'm all for this. Um, yeah. And, and I'm, I'm, yeah, it, it seems like a minor thing, but it did not go unnoticed for me. We know that the last three episodes um, are probably going to take place in Pakistan. Um, Just kind of like that's kind of where we left off at the end of this episode here. Like, you know, Nani wants Kamala to head over to Pakistan. We talked about this around Moon Knight and how they're kind of grouping heroes in in different, different geographical parts of the world. I wonder if Kamala stays there or if she comes back to New York. Or New Jersey. Yeah, I don't know. New Jersey's nice, though, because, like, what was the... um? Says no one ever. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> uh, sorry, it's not nice, like, location-wise. Um, and I apologize if any of our listeners are from New Jersey. Um, <laughs> but you live in New Jersey. Come on. No, I, I mean, it's nice as in, uh, from a narrative standpoint, she's not exactly running into tons of Avengers, uh, and that's what they that's what we talked about um, for episode one of Moon Knight is that they chose to have a character that is usually based in New York. They chose to put him in London because it's just less noisy. There's mm. less stuff going on. There's less history there um, in the Marvel Universe. I know there's tons of history in London. Don't shoot me for that. Um, <laughs> but but if you're going to do a show in New Jersey, you can make it so much more grounded. And then she becomes the hero from New Jersey, like the hero representing that. Like eventually Marvel's going to have all these heroes from all the different uh, areas and all that. Like I know Norway's already claiming Thor. 
um, which they have every right to. He is a Norwegian god, or at least he's based on that. Um, and I know Spider-Man's uh, been New York's hero forever. Um, yeah, and there's there's just a ton of uh, ton of heroes everywhere. I think Disney is planning eventually on having like a hero per state kind of thing. And I'm okay with the change of backstories if uh, if it's going to create one hell of a Secret Wars. <laughs> well, it's, it is interesting too because of course you've got uh, the upcoming She-Hulk is clearly set in California, and it, yes. it, and it looks like parts of it takes place in Hawaii. So, hello, West Coast Avengers. Um, well, who else but, is in California right now? Well, they got, got Shang Chi, and you got Ant Man. Ant Man's in San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. With the, um, arguably, then with Wasp, you could make the case. Well, no, because he moved in Endgame, right? But Iron Man had a house in Malibu for a long time. Hey, let's not forget Venom. That it's <clears throat> we're, not, we're not going down this road. Different universe, dude. Different universe. Is it though? Yes. He left a little piece of his splooge in Cancun or something wherever he went. But he's not in he's not in, I can't believe I just said splooge on the air. Sorry guys. I just uh I just splooge your ear holes. I'm uh, never gonna do that again. You you make it sound like that's his defense in court. Also, hello, She Hulk. Yes, uh, I splooge. <laughs> yeah. I left a my, little bit of my splooge the... in San Francisco, and this is what happens. <laughs> yeah, that was the line from Amber Heard, right? My dog stepped oh. on the splooge. <laughs> oh, hashtag Amber Heard. Anyways, um, <laughs> well, speaking of turds, uh, let's go to break and let's take a long one. Let's take a real long one, buddy. Uh, uh, on the other side of the break, though, uh, let's see if I can tease this. The boys. Mm-hmm. comes out on Fridays on Amazon Prime. Now, we don't really talk about it too much on this show because, well, we, our show we, releases on Thursdays or Fridays, so we don't really get a chance to give you the latest review on this show because typically a new one comes out within a day of us releasing this. So, you know, we're, we're, we're going to review that in its entirety when it's done. Having said that, though, I just got to talk about this episode that's coming out on Friday, man. Herogasm. It is based on a incredible storyline where Vought sends all the superheroes and all the superpower people to go have a giant orgy on an island. If that's not the tease you need to come back from break, I don't know what else you need, people. I was about just, to say, during, during the Kamala Khan section, you know, we talked about super cock block. We're about to yeah. talk about super cocks. Um <laughs> Oh, yeah. wow. What a bridge. Okay, oh, you beat me. I, I, did, beat I, me. I did. I went there. I went you there. You beat me like a supercock. But you know where we're going to go? <laughs> we're going to go there to break. You've heard it all before. Waste of film. Dumpster fire. How did this even get Train made? Rack. Total garbage. Fest. Utterly painful. Worst film ever. But is it really? The show is called It's Not That Bad, and we dare to look at the lowest rated shows and movies and see only the good things. We're looking for A grades in B movies. It's not that bad. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Just Another Nerd Show. I'm Kevin. That's Jay sitting across from me in another town. We're talking <laughs> the boys, Herogasm, which uh, on the other side of the break, I explained that Vought sends, well, at least in the comics, they send all their soups to an island to go have a massive orgy. I'm so excited. Now, and the cast is too. They say this is their favorite episode of like all the all the show. 
it's interesting because uh, there were there was an interview I think uh, about or with the with the with Eric Kripke who was talking about how this show is uh, apparently or this episode is apparently illegal in four different countries uh, and they had to take out some stuff like that's the funny thing is oh, that you know it's a good episode when it's illegal somewhere <laughs> <laughs> it's you know the lead up to this episode has been basically people saying, I have seen things and I have done things and I cannot unsee the things that I have done. Um, the, the fact that they put out a, a, a teaser on the boys official Twitter account uh, of, of, as they say, this is what legal would actually let us release from this episode. And it's all just people's reactions in, in the show. Uh, and at the beginning of it, there's a disclaimer that says this this episode is suitable for no one. And absolutely like, no one. Absolutely no one. I um, don't know what to expect. I think where we left off in the last episode, Kimiko was not having her powers or something like that. Soldier Boy was on the loose. Maeve was just put away. Uh, Supersonic died. Um, I don't know if now's a good time to say spoilers, but I'm pretty sure just... I think I just spoiled the entire season. Anyways... Um, yeah, so th- there's a lot going on. I'm not 100% sure they're going to be able to do the comic accurate story, but holy crap, can you imagine just Homelander just dropping in there and everyone cheering that he's there? Because it's kind of like, I think in the comics they made it seem like it was a uh, kind of like a no fight zone. It, it was it was very much a no conflict zone. It was just a, pardon my French, it was a fuck fest. Um, and that's it. And Patrick, if you, if you have to ask your dad what a fuck fest is, go ask your mom. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's just so wrong on so many different levels. (laughs) But here's, here's my concern. Here's my concern, and I'm going to throw this to you because I, because I know you are much more invested into the boys than I admittedly I have been. That's what she said. Go on. Oh, oh, You, you just said you're invested in the boys. Okay. Okay, you go there. Um, oh no, I messed up on that saying. Never yeah, mind. you that's, did. You, no, that's, that's, a, that's a self burn. Damn it! You had you had the high ground on yourself on that one. I, but, yeah, I high grounded myself. That's it. But this episode, this upcoming episode, it has been so hyped. Yeah, with with so much said about it. Are you worried that this episode becomes a bit of a lunchbox letdown? I hope not. My like, unfortunately, my bar has already been set. I I wrote in our notes here because I I did want to bring it up that my favorite episode of any comic book adapted TV show. um, I I mean, all the good ones have been in the last like 10 years, but but my favorite episode of all time, any show ever was episode four of this season of the boys. I just feel like it was so well paced and there was so much reveals and such great material to work off of it was super well written every actor looked like they were having fun and that they were really invested in it and just doing a bang up job um it it was just an incredible episode unfortunately that's where my bar is at for this friday's episode (sighs) you're i do think it has the potential to be a, a lunchbox letdown but i'm optimistic I'm going to try and keep an open mind about this. I am curious 
And I think there's a lot of people like myself who are who are very curious about this episode and just how far um, Amazon is going to let them go with this. Because if 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 I mean, we started off is, the season first 10 minutes. We had a giant penis mold, right? They had it mm-hmm. on set. Um, so I don't know what they're doing with this. I mean, that that was always one of the big things against Game of Thrones mm-hmm. is that there there were times when it felt like it was, you know, shock and 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 boobs for boob sake. Um, sorry, honest trailers had to steal that one. Um, boobs. What's the other one he does? Abs. <laughs> <laughs> but but it was it, it was almost for for shock sake. It was to say we're going to set the bar here. So anything else we do is going to be, you know, is going to pale in comparison. I wonder if the bar is going to be set too high after this episode that everything else is going to be like, uh, okay, so they did this, but you know, they did all this back then. I, w- I wonder if there's, if there's any coming, I don't know if there's any, coming I, back I think from this, this is episode. actually, Wes, I'm going to I'm going to rebuttal that cuz I think this season has set up the best not villain arc, but this the best conflict to be resolved in the finale, so to speak. He's already like Butcher's already casted off Ryan, Homelander's son. He's like, "Yeah, he's too young. He won't be able to take on his dad." And then they found out with the temporary V that they're going to be able to take on the soups now. It is going to come down to Butcher versus Homelander, and it looks like they have the same powers. So it is shaping up to be a great finale. It's how they get there. And I'm I'm actually not worried about the rest of the season. I'm worried about just the episode after Herogasm. That's it. Like, I just think it's always... Because what, what's the saying? The rule of thumb in golf, you make... After you get, like, your first birdie or your first eagle ever... You hit the worst shot of your life on the next tee shot. Or after the best round of your life, you're going to have the worst round of your life. It's just how it is because you set this new bar for yourself. So if Herogasm is anything even remotely close to the actor's anticipation and the their uh, uh, hype for this episode, the one after it's going to be absolute dog shite. Um, I hope not. I hope not. I hope it's all great. But... I, I'm worried about the episode after. <laughs> like that—that's the thing. Like, you, you, you know, going back to Game of Thrones, because you know it arguably had some of the most shocking scenes in HBO history, as far as some of the shows that they had put out. Um, when they were building up to the Red Wedding, you know, people were like, "Oh crap, this is actually going to happen." And when, and when it actually did happen, you know, it was it was blunt and unflinching, and and. Like you, you couldn't look away, and then afterwards you're like, "Oh shit, that that just happened." There's gonna be a lot of people who are watching this. I mean, here's the funny thing: people who have been watching this series all the way through so far, building up to this, they're ready. Their 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 bodies are ready for this one. They are they are mentally in the state right now where they are ready to tackle herogasm. But to the same token as well, because there's been so much talk about it. Because there's been so much hype and so much like, you know, <laughs> how, how many times has someone says, oh, man, this is so disgusting. Here, take a look. 
right? <laughs> You're that laughing because yeah. I think we've had that same discussion. Oh, this is com- this is completely horrifying and disgusting. Here, Kev, take a look. Yeah, um, let me send you the link. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, we, we've had those conversations before too. Yeah, but, we, we've had definitely. Uh, I'm glad that we're not drinking for most of the time. Like, obviously, right now it's different. But like when we have our genuine conversations, I'm very glad that I am not mid drink because I would do so many spit takes with the, with the crap you send me on a daily basis. <laughs> Um, okay, but yeah. okay, but but here's the thing: there are going to be people who jump into this show with this episode. Yeah, they're going to jump in dick first. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty pretty much. Like, do we no see lo- termite? <laughs> <laughs> if the, if if this is the people's first taste of the boys, that is like diving in first thing in the morning with no lube. Like that Dude. is just like hey. straight up. It's but I I wonder though, like if some if someone watches this. You know, and then this is their bar for the for the the other three seasons. That's that's almost going to be like a letdown at that point. Okay, question for you. Mm-hmm. Out of the soups that we've been introduced to, which one do you think has the best power to really have fun at a hero gasm? Uh <sighs> I think Termite's still out there, right? He got let off. That was in episode two or something. They were they were explaining that, that Newman couldn't go after him, but they gave her like three B-list superhero or supervillains or something instead. I, I don't know necessarily so much if it's going to be who's got the best superpower for this. Um, you know, although that being said, um, mid-air dicking, I'm sure it goes a long, long way. But... I think there will be a, a soup that shows up, and forgive me I, if he already has a name or if he was in a previous season. If there's a soup that can duplicate himself, <laughs> I think it would be the funniest thing on the island to see a soup that can duplicate himself gangbanging someone. <laughs> but, but the I can't funny thing I just is, said that. <laughs> we, but we've already had that though. Yeah. <laughs> like if you remember back to Watchmen. Dr. Manhattan did that already. He duplicated himself. Um, so, you know, you know, he, so he could he could tend to Malin Ackerman in multiple bodies. Um, and so that he could keep doing his work in the other room. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Multitasking. Yeah, um, you're not going to see any of that. Not in uh, not in Herogasm. Nobody's going to be doing anything work related. It is a safe space to be unsafe. <laughs> yeah. You need that on a t-shirt now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am a safe space for unsafe things. Um, <laughs> what a plot twist it would be, though, if Vought dropped off all their soups and then just nuked the island at the end of the episode. Well, that would be one way to end the series. And would Starlight go? I don't think she'd go. You think she'd be, like, obliged to go? You think she's going to be forced to sleep with Homelander? Oh, uh, that, that's that's going to be a tough one. It's, I mean, it might be. But, this could lead to some cringy orgy. I, I have a feeling the the the, the episode is just going to be like Starlight Starlight double takes like what what am I watching what 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 Oh I love Starlight Erin Moriarty is the actress that plays her My God she is so beautiful and honestly just incredible I freaking love her I can't wait to see what she's in next but oh I love her she she's like oh she's my celebrity crush I love her <laughs> <laughs> she's so, great. so so. As you watch this episode next or the, at the end of this week, when we get to next week's episode, um, which do you think you're going to need more? 
a cigarette or a therapy session? Oh, man. I don't know. I'm thinking like as soon as you said cigarette, I'm like, oh, like I look like Nina. Um, <laughs> or like a charcuterie, you know. Uh, I don't know. Maybe a therapist. Maybe a therapist. But then again, I feel like if the people that write the boys and shoot the boys and build the props for the boys, um, if they're doing okay, I think I think I'll make it. I think I'll be okay. I can't imagine <laughs> though the, the the animation house that they send all this stuff to, and they're like, "Hey, can you just uh, animate a giant penis?" Yeah, thanks. Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah, it looks that looks real detailed. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> oh, uh, boy. Yeah, just, al- just, always yeah. always check with the props people because that that's when you know what kind of a day you're going to have on set. That's yeah. pretty much it. And I have no bridge to our next topic, by the way. Absolutely zero bridge other than it's a bald guy in a hat that every time he speaks, uh, we listen. And we listen with such clarity and with such detail orientation that, yeah, he, he's a very captivating person just on his platform alone. Um, and this is so stupid because he's announced yesterday or the day before that he's going to announce stuff in the future. And that was the big news. That's like, to put it bluntly, Kevin Feige announces that he will announce the roadmap in like September for D23 mm-hmm. for Marvel. So he's going to oh, announce oh, it Feige, and he'll have Feige a whole knows bunch. It, Feige knows exactly He's got us by the balls, doing. man. He's got oh. us by the balls. Whether he, he wants to grab my balls or not, he's got them. No, 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 no. You don't want Feige in here, orgasm. But... <laughs> But crossover. But there's the funny thing, though, is that you know they made this announcement that they're going to make an announcement, and as much as that sounds like the Ontario government during the pandemic, uh, Feige is very aware that there are shows like ours that talk and and dissect and analyze and over obsess and pontificate and oh, you can you can bet your sweet cheeks. Bet mm-hmm. your sweet cheeks that he's seen that video of him and Amy Pascal. And Amy Pascal is just talking about, oh, yeah, no, like we want them to cross over between the universes and all that. And she's talking about the Sony and Marvel thing. Mm-hmm. And Kevin Feige's sitting there like, Amy, shut the fuck up. Amy, shut the fuck up. Like, shut mm-hmm. up, shut up, shut up. And there's always there's that look on his face. And he became a gift for a long time, too, that I sent to a lot of my friends. But, yeah, that's... Uh, <laughs> You could guarantee he's seen videos like that and he knows that even body language gets analyzed like when um, which, by the way, just a side note, small tangent here. Can we please stop asking actors like Wesley Snipes got asked uh, the other day if he was in if he's been asked to be in the new Blade movie as like a cameo. First off, who the fuck cares? Second off, you really think he's going to tell you he's just going to lie. So stop well, asking stupid questions. And if if he's in it, he's in it. If he's not, who cares? Like, well, pe- people are going to ask Tom Holland because odds are Tom Holland's going to, you know. That's the thing. You learn slip. who to ask. You're not going to ask Mahershal Ali. Hey, what's the plot of your movie? He's going to tell you to fuck off. Like, mm-hmm. just just chill. Can we stop asking stupid questions to actors? Like asking Patrick Stewart if he would ever come back and be Professor X. Who cares? Can we just be surprised when we go to the theaters? Can we stop trying to be investigative journalists? You are not getting the scoop. You are ruining movies for fans. Stop doing that. It's not fun. Stop no, here, I'm sorry. Yeah, a little tangent. I'll, I'll, I'll argue oh. that one, though. No. I will argue. No, no, no. Hear me out. I, I agree with not asking actors what the plot is. 
I I agree with that. Well, they don't even do that anymore, but yeah. Well, no, right. But but to that token as well, there's something to be said about like, I mean, how many times did you and I just sit there and pontificate about what the plot line was going to be about a movie? And I know there are podcasts like ours out there that that's what they do. They hypothesize, they pontificate, and whether they're right or whether they're wrong, um, it's not a big deal. Right. I, I, I agree that people should stop badgering poor Tom Holland because eventually he's going to snap and go, I'll tell you everything. There are four lights. Sorry. I had a Star Trek moment. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's funny, though. Jacob, Jacob Badalon got to kind of be Tom Holland in No Way Home where he was getting grilled by the uh, damage control guy. Mm-hmm. And then and then the then he started to play good cop and he goes, yeah, you know, I'm just this guy in the chair. And then he kind of realizes what he said. And he goes, actually, I'm not really supposed to say that. <laughs> like he had his Tom Holland moment. Uh, it got to be Ned, though. <laughs> but, yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's ideally what happens. Right. Is Tom gets his guard down because you know what? At the end of the day, people, I feel bad for these actors uh, who get paid millions of dollars to be in motion pictures and get to pretend to be characters for a living. Um their media tours are actually like really, really tiresome. They get asked the same questions for 10, 12 hour days, like seven days in a row. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's really tiring. So mentally that is hell week. You are not allowed to say anything like it, it's, it's really, really difficult. And I'll give kudos to those Avengers actors. Cause for a long time, I know they would send them in in twos but they did a great job other than Mark Ruffalo in just really telling people the bare minimum, mm-hmm. but still getting them to come see the movie. Cause that's the point of these media tours, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and if you've ever wondered what a media tour is like, um, go rent the movie America's sweethearts. Um, Starring Catherine Zeta-Jones, uh, Julia Roberts, John Cusack, Billy Crystal. Did you say uh, the go whole- rent the movie? Uh, yes, I did. What yes, year is this? Go rent the. It's probably on Netflix. Find the fucking streaming no, service for it's it. It's not. It's not on Netflix. You know how go I know rent this? It. Go to your Blockbuster on the corner. Oh Do you wait, know how you I know can. this though? Because next week, Carrie and I are dissecting America's Sweethearts. But the whole film, that well, plug by the way, uh, the whole film takes place <laughs> on a media junket. You see what I did there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but the, yeah, the whole thing takes place in a, in a during a media junket, and you know you, they have that scene where it's like you know, you know, interview after interview after interview after interview, and the questions are just like the same but not the same but kind of the same and completely inane. And I mean, we see like we saw it with I mean, Homelander, are, right? <laughs> he, that I, guy is broken. <laughs> I mean, so part of the big announcement though for Feige is that yes. Is that the big roadmap for 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 you know for the MCU is being unveiled at D twenty three and not necessarily like the big Comic Con? So, I mean, a that's a big thing because it is Disney, um, but Disney Plus has played you know a massive role in the evolution of the MCU during Phase Four. So you know it's not surprising, um, but it's leading to a lot of speculation. And the minute Feige made that announcement, there was one thing trending on 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 Twitter. And that was Secret Wars. Yeah. There's a lot of people speculating that we need a secret or that we're going to get a Secret Wars. That that's the that is the supposed like the the next infinity saga. And and I heard yet another I know I've I've reported this on a previous episode, um, but I've heard again from more sources now 
that they are moving on from the Beyonder, that they're thinking of doing a Kang versus Kang Secret Wars, which I'm all for. You give me more Jonathan Majors. You give me Jonathan Majors versus Jonathan Majors. I'm all for it. We're getting Loki season two, I think, next summer, where we're getting more Kang. We're getting Ant-Man Quantumania, I think, a month before that or two months before that. Um, again, give me more Kang. Uh, I'm thinking Secret Wars. Uh, it'll, it'll feel more like Captain America Civil War, where it's a mm-hmm. Captain America movie sprinkled with that storyline. I think it, it will be a... I don't know. Would you would you slap Avengers in front of it? Avengers <sighs> Secret Wars, or would I, you just I call it Secret Wars? I think I think I think I would just call it Secret Wars. And the the thing too is is which Secret Wars are they going to do? Are they going to do the one where the Beyonder puts Battle World together, or no. are they going to do the the one from like the the twenty I think it was like twenty thirteen or whenever that that twenty fifteen whenever that comic series went out, uh, where it was it basically played out still on Battle World as well. Uh, but very much a chess match between Reed Richards and Doctor Doom. We've got a Reed Richards now. Yeah. But we still don't have Doctor Doom. Uh, and I know a lot of people out there are saying like, well, let's not announce Secret Wars until we have a Doctor Doom. But I guarantee you the minute anyone in any Marvel property says Latveria... Secret yeah. Wars is going to trend. It'd be like the number one trending thing. You can expect point. probably in either later on in that property, if it's a show and they mention Latveria. Um, I think originally Dr. Doom was supposed to be mentioned during the Moon Knight show or set like, or Victor Von Doom or something. Something was supposed to be mentioned during it and they, they cut it. They, 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 I think they CG'd over one of the cardboard boxes that said Von Doom or something like some, there was I don't. I don't remember, but I'm kind of glad that they kept Moon Knight self-contained. Um, yeah, it's it's it'll be interesting to see what they do for that. I think if you're going to do Secret Wars, that's a great project to bring back Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans and uh, Scarlett Johansson if she wants to post a lawsuit with Disney. Um, you know, like if you want to bring back as much of the original six as you can, um, you could probably also do. A Red Hulk and just revoice the actor. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously he can't change back into William Hurt because, you know, William Hurt's passed away. But, you know, we could get a Red Hulk kind of thing during that. Um, you can give us more multiverse characters. Uh, give us more different versions of Doctor Strange. We could get a Wolverine of uh, Hugh Jackman. Like, you could really go nuts and have a bunch of actors come back and do one-offs. Um, you could have Sophie Turner do, you know, uh, what's it called? Uh, Jean Grey. You can have, like, you could do whatever you want with it. Um, but I do think if you're going to do a Secret Wars and you're going to bring back a bunch of actors for nostalgic purposes, which is what they've been doing with these multiversal movies, um, you might want to do that sooner than later because RDJ's looking a little on the older side lately. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I know the de-aging technology's gotten better. Uh, you know, let's, let's, you know, these are action movies at the end of the day. Let's not have everybody all CG'd all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, question for you, too, is one of, one of the other properties that's been meant, talked about a lot this past week, um, of course, has been Thunderbolts. Yeah. And you've got Did you hear lot- what Wyatt Russell said about that? Oh, what was that? So Wyatt Russell was interviewed about it, and they were like, hey, like, have you got the call yet for Thunderbolts? He goes, nope, haven't gotten the call yet. 
Um, but he said in the interview, he's like, he's like, you know, if they want me in that property, um, just give me, uh, he's like, look, Marvel, you don't have to tell me anything. I don't like keeping secrets. Just give me enough time to work out. Cause I do not look like John Walker right now. <laughs> that was his big line. And he's, he's like, don't tell me anything more than what I need to know. If you need me, great. I'll be ready. If not cool, but please just give me enough time to work out. <laughs> okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to toss you here a, a quick unprepared question here for you. Okay. Six people in Thunderbolts. Who's in it? Uh, okay. <clears throat> Thunderbolts. Um, Zemo. Okay. Yelena Belova. Mm-hmm. John Walker. Okay. Um, Bucky Barnes. Abomination. The sixth one is going to be, ooh, that's a toughie. Um, hmm. Oh, that's a tough one. The sixth one. I have stumped you, haven't I? I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to like remember who's still alive. Um. I'm going to say maybe it's a new character. Because if you're going to bring back five characters, I think you can introduce one new one. Quite you know possibly. what I mean? I think, who, and I think, I don't in? know. I don't know. I'd do like a more of the Enchantress or something. I think it's been long enough after that 2016 Suicide Squad movie that we could use the Enchantress name now. <laughs> um, um, I, I would love, I know her and Scourge were on the Thunderbolts originally. Yeah, I mean there 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 are a few that I am I agree with you with uh, Zemo definitely uh, yeah he US runs agent, the Thunderbolts <laughs> right U S yeah. agent absolutely Yelena Belova yes absolutely um, there there are a few others that I would potentially put in there I don't know if I'd put the Winter Soldier in. Abomination yeah no problem um, although if you don't put Abomination in because we don't know quite what he's doing with Wong at this point okay. I would recommend Jessica Jones. Ooh. Because Kristen Ritter apparently is in talks to reprise her role as Jessica Jones. Love it. I love that. You could put in Luke Cage at that point. Okay. Because, of course, they could be together at this point again. Okay. Okay. And Deadpool. You put Deadpool in it. Ooh, okay. If you think about if you think about all the properties that Deadpool could could potentially be introduced in and have it make sense in the MCU, Thunderbolts is right up there. Would you put in a mutant? That's a very very good question. Like that would be I, my I, mystery I don't character. Hate the that idea. would be my my 6th one would be someone like um Weapon 10. Or not no, Weapon X is um no, I'm talking about weapon. We, sorry, weapon eleven. No, no, weapon eleven was the. I, I'm having troubles remembering the actor's name, but he was a, an Asian hitman seeming character in X Men Origins Wolverine. Oh, see, I, I skipped over that movie like the plague. No, it, you're right. It was it was a bad movie. There were a lot of unsavable elements from that, but there were also a lot of salvageable pieces. Um, they learned that Ryan Reynolds is not only the best Wade Wilson, but that they did him dirty. 
and that the fans were so eager for a better Deadpool. Um, obviously, Hugh Jackman's Wolverine was incredible in that, and and he's incredible always uh, and iconic. I think people loved the blob joke, which it actually ended up getting paid off in a smaller scale in Avengers Endgame because you didn't see it coming, right? Mm-hmm. I think if you're going to put a mutant in, though, um, I think they, they would probably choose a mutant with a bit more name recognition than that. But like at a that point, uh, like a Deadpool or a Gambit. Ooh, yes. I like that. Some, some like Remy LeBeau. Yeah. Remy LeBeau and, would be good with the bolts. Would you bring back Channing Tatum? Because he was bum hurt that that movie is not getting made now. Well, that's the thing. There, there were a lot of people who were like, I actually could get behind the idea of a Channing Tatum Thunderbolt. But, but I mean, you know, why not? Why, why not? not? Well, Marvel said why not to uh, a bunch of stuff. And they're going to be saying why not to a bunch of stuff in September. But for right now, we actually have some, some news because uh, an announcement was made this week that they are developing a Wonder Man Disney Plus show. Now, if you're wondering... Yes, Marvel has the rights to Wonder Man, DC has the rights to Wonder Woman and Wonder Girl and Wonder uh, Sling and Thing and Sword and I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, sure, sure there's, there's a Wonder Pet in there somewhere, I'm sure. Yeah, is Wonder Dog, Wonder everything. But Wonder Man is Marvel's uh, hero. His power set has changed a little through comic to comic. Um, but for the most part, he's kind of a energy being not cosmic, but kind of photon sort of level. Big, big and punchy. Yeah, big he's big and, and he's big and punchy. That's right. And my first thought <laughs> when I saw this guy, I was like, "Oh, Henry Cavill." But then I was like, "Nah, I wouldn't want to waste Henry Cavill on this, on this Wonder Man." So that led us to a hot debate for this week's. This week, it's Fancast Friday. It's time for FanCast Friday. That's right. This week's FanCast Friday is Marvel's Wonder Man. Wiss, what can you tell me about him? What do you know about Wonder Man? And if it's nothing, just fill my head with (laughs) nonsense, please. You know, what's funny. When they mentioned Wonder Man was being developed, I found it very interesting timing because... I'm going to take a wild shot in the dark that you did not watch Chippendale Rescue Rangers on Disney Plus. Um, okay, how about this? I'll do you one better. I did not watch the movie, but if I had to watch one viral clip from that, which one did you think I watched? Uh, I'm assuming it's going to be you know Ugly Sonic. Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah. Go on with your but point, here, good sir. <laughs> but, but here's the funny thing, though, is that in that Ugly Sonic scene from Chippendale Rescue Rangers was one Tigra taken directly from the Avengers United We Stand cartoon series that was on Fox back in the day. Uh, of course, that series is on Disney+, Plus, so they have all the rights to it. And part of the Avengers from that cartoon series was Wonder Man. Mm. And the whole thing with Wonder Man is that, you know, the beginning of the series, Wonder Man and Wanda, the Scarlet Witch, are a thing. And then something happens to Wonder Man and they transfer his conscience into vision in order to preserve his personality. And that leads to the uh, Scarlet Witch vision romance in that cartoon series. Now, obviously, they're not going to go down that road with Simon Williams, Wonder Man. Um, 
early reports are that the tone of the Wonder Man series is going to be a bit of a play on uh, and kind of poke fun at the whole Hollywoodness of everything. Mm -hmm. So you have to think that this is going to take place in West Coast. Hello, West Coast Avengers. I'm going to keep saying that every time we have to mention something, you know, an Avenger out on the West Coast. Or did we get our fan fan cast horribly wrong and he's a Bollywood star? Ugh. We, we're getting enough Bollywood in, in Miss Marvel. And by the way, I love it in there. Um, but the, I think the fact that they're going to make this a bit more tongue in cheek uh, as far as a series go okay. um, and have a little bit of fun with the you know the Hollywood aspect of, of uh, someone who happens to be, you know, big and punchy. Hey, why not put them in a movie? Right. Um, so if that's the tone that they're going to go for, my fan cast pick to play Wonder Man, Simon Williams, in the MCU, is Zac Efron. Because you want someone who's going to be able to bring a bit of that comedic element as well as the action. I mean, we're talking someone who was in both High School Musical and someone who was in Baywatch. Uh, so we know he can get buff. We saw that in Baywatch. Uh, I, th- I think he would bring a... a, a a very big name to the property. Uh, he's actually also around the same age as Elizabeth Olsen. So they do decide to play that Wonder Man, um, uh, Scarlet Witch romance kind of thing. It would make sense. Keep in mind too, somewhere out there, we also still have White Vision from WandaVision. Yeah. So there is a possibility that that could happen. You never know. I don't think they um, care about the age thing though, because Paul Bettany's in his. I think he's sixty two or something or sixty one. I don't think. I don't think he's. I don't think they care about <laughs> age too much, there, pal. <laughs> well, if you're going to rebound, rebound with hot and young, right? No. Um, <laughs> I can't believe oh I went there God. with the Marvel thing. God. Oh, yep, yep. Sinking to new levels every show. Zac um, Efron. But I That's think Zac Efron. Pick. I think Zac Efron would be would be phenomenal as Wonder Man. Would carry the entire show, uh, bring a lot of 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 the weight of his resume along with him, um, and have a ton of fun along with it. But you have another pick in mind for this. I went with the Canadian Robbie Amell. Um, I think him and his brother have. I mean, I would pick Stephen Amell as well. But like, I think him and his brother have enough pedigree with the DC Arrowverse. Um, and they, they just, they understood those characters on a level that, and then they respected them too. They didn't go in there and they're like, I want to make it my own. No, they're very like, you know, stay true to what's there, um, and add a little bit. And then they're very, very good as well at marketing their stuff. Like they are shamelessly self-promoting, um, their own stuff constantly. Robbie Amell was just an upload. He did kind of a super powered movie called Code 8. Um, where people with powers are hunted constantly. And I think that's a really interesting concept too. He was great in that movie. Um, and then he was he was in the the Arrowverse. He was one half of Firestorm. So I I think uh, I, I think he'd be a great choice for Wonder Man. You don't have to be big and buff. It helps. Um, but Robbie Amell is certainly big. I think Zac Efron's more cut. He's more mm-hmm. like he's he's more defined. Like I know I'm going based on Baywatch, but I think in Neighbors as well. Like he's he's made his body in such a way that it's more. Uh, I think he's like what four percent body fat or something at this point. Like Robbie Amell is a taller dude. I think he's like six three, and he's he's uh, on the stronger side too. Um, so I, I I think Robbie Amell would be a great choice to play Wonder Man. I think he's he's well-versed in the TV side of things, I don't think you could convince Zac Efron to do a TV show. 
Uh, yeah, that's I just, think, just I think my two could. cents. Here's the thing. I don't think you can get Zac Efron to do any old TV show. I think Marvel would be able to sit there and say, hey, look, Zach, we want to make you Wonder Man. But we're, what we're if we want to make him the show. Human Torch? That's the thing. He's been fan casted the Human Torch so much alongside John Krasinski. Then we got what we wanted with John Krasinski in Multiverse of Madness. And you got to think that if they're going to go down this route of not always letting the fans cast, you know, their, their, their people... But, you know, maybe giving us a little of what we want after we've been disappointed with two reboots of it with the uh, Jessica Alba and then the Miles Teller version. Uh, you know, like, give give us uh, give us more of what we want. I, I'm OK with him as Human <laughs> Torch, to be honest. I, I'd like him better as that. Uh, I mean, he could go either way. And by the way, apparently there are reports that that Elizabeth Olsen is in talks to be in Wonder Man. So there, 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 <laughs> what a show that's shaping up to be, right? And and that's the, the the interesting thing is they're putting a lot of of you know story arc building on Disney Plus. Like Marvel is firing on all cylinders, whereas the the, the television arm of Marvel back in like the you know, the ABC days. I mean, like, as much as people like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was a good show. And I think Agent Carter was a very good show. Yeah. There's still also the stink of Inhumans in there. But, you know, Marvel has proven to be masters of retconning their own properties. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if somewhere down the road, you know, we get we get Quake. I was going to say, I thought I saw Chloe Bennett... Um <laughs> Chloe Bennett. <laughs> uh oh. Um, yeah. I, saw, I, I saw. I thought I saw Chloe Bennett in a thing with um, Simu Liu. Was it? Yeah. So so let me explain to you. Seeing how you're blocked from Chloe Bennett's Instagram, she put out a picture <laughs> of of herself and Simu Liu, and the caption was, "Hey, it's Marvel's first you know first Asian superhero." And Simu Liu's here too. So it's you know it was it was pretty tongue in cheek. But does that mean that Quake? And Shang-Chi are maybe working together with Wong on something down the road. It's Ooh. it's it'll be curious and I would love to see Quake in the MCU um somewhere down the road. I, I think you know, I think Chloe Bennett was was phenomenal in that series, and it would be a shame if I didn't put her in a property somewhere down the road. Because they're they're they are bringing in literally all the heroes now. If Secret Wars is the end game for this next round, it's going to be huge. Yeah. And, and there's no, it's no holds bar now because as of Multiverse of Madness, they've brought in their first mutant into the MCU in Professor X and they've brought in their first inhuman in Black Agus Boltigus. Black Agar Boltigar. Whatever the hell his name mm-hmm. is. You're drunk again, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, no. In Black Bolt. <laughs> in Black Bolt, he's the Inhuman King. They literally called him the King of the Inhumans. So mm. they have all these pieces set up. And now we can't speculate. Well, we could speculate. We can talk all we want about it. But we can all we could do now is speculate. Because I guess until we get Kevin Feige's roadmap in, in September. Mm-hmm. But we have all these pieces in place, and I'm very happy and very excited that they have so much going on that I don't know where I'm seeing who next. 
I, I've had some time to think about this. I know before it was frustrating when I was saying it and I felt very frustrated. Now I'm like, I kind of like that there's all this new stuff because there there's just so much stuff to cover now that there's no way all of this information gets leaked all the time. It's going to be very controlled. And there's so much now that Marvel now has to do a better job of of having everyone sign those NDAs and and keeping the information locked down. And if you're going to film in the street, you know, you got to like, you know, close everything like a block or two away um, so that no cameras get in or no 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 phones or anything. Right. So uh, we can't we can't have the Doctor Who set uh uh, in a Marvel <laughs> environment, man, this new picture is leaked every day of that, of that 60th anniversary episode. <laughs> I, I've been avoiding Twitter as much as I possibly can. You should, because I you do, should. I, yeah, you know, it's it's it because it's tough. You know, like people, I get people are excited. People people yeah. want to to talk about these things, and you know, like we talked about earlier in the show, it's it's one thing to sit there and you know genuinely pontificate based on you know just compiling what's out there and you know using the comp books as as a as a temporary you know blueprint of what it could be um you know and fan cast away because the fan casting is completely fair game um but don't spoil it i can't wait for one of our fan casts to be like really right like who, who oh. would be who would be the next one that would be fan casted? It might be this guy actually. We might hear about Wonder it, Man being it cast. Might be Wonder Man because because some of the ones that we have, I mean, it, it would either be this one or maybe Jessica Drew. Jessica Drew. Well, they have a voice for Jessica Drew in Into the Spider Verse, and mm-hmm. and we don't know. They could have already casted Jessica Drew because they haven't named anyone in Madam Web other than Dakota Johnson. So they could have already casted Jessica Drew, and we just wouldn't know. Yeah, we don't we don't know who Sydney Sweeney's playing. Yeah, well, she's blonde. I'm thinking she's Felicia Hardy, but eh, you mm-hmm. know they they change their hair color all the time. These ladies, um, exactly. Yeah, well, till next time, guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and on that note, <laughs> what, what's the what's the meme? Anyways, um, anyways, uh, but we do want to hear from you though. Who would you cast as Wonder Man if you had the choice? Uh, hit us up uh, on Twitter at another nerd show um let us know if you agree with me or if you agree with kevin or you think we're both completely and utterly uh wrong and you have your own choice like just hit us up we want to hear from you who you think uh next week we are continuing our reviews of miss marvel um and then we'll see what other news is out there because you know obi-wan's done well, it's the a, Umbrella Academy like, just dropped today. I was excited about that. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm just curious though if you if you're going to be in any mental shape to to do the show next week after Herogasm. I may not be. I may not be. I may. I'm gonna watch that episode like five, six times. I know there's gonna be stuff that I miss because of all the mm-hmm. all the porn on TV. I'm gonna. I know I'm gonna miss stuff. I can see now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get text messages on like Friday nights, like, "Dear God, have you watched this yet?" No, I'm not back home yet. Dude, why aren't you home? Why aren't you watching this? Oh, I, why I'm, am I watching this? Why am I seeing this? I'm already regretting <laughs> this. I'm gonna be watching it on Friday with my cousin Chris, and uh, him and I have the maturity of a six year old when we watch things together. So this is going to be quite interesting. I'll give you guys an update next week, but um, I'm not optimistic that I'm going to get through it um, without uh, <laughs> without maybe crying, laughing. Um, I don't know, getting a semi or something. I don't know. Something's going to happen. 
Um, if I if I get a text from you saying I'm 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 in the corner, I'm in the fetal position, please help. So oh God, help. there's a spider web here, and I need to clean it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the whole glass uh, case of emotions. Uh, that is not the show you want to watch with your parents. Um, yeah, she's telling <laughs> me about that it. Oh note, my God. On that note, I'm Jay Heescab. This is Just Another Nerd Show. Until next week when we cover all the geek that there is to speak, take care, everyone. Go hug your mom. <laughs>